0: Folks, there's nothing like kicking off the weekend with a nice victory for the Winnipeg Jets against the Montreal Canadiens. The Jets controlled this game for the most part, and you know what? They fully deserve the 2-1 victory. Obviously, there was some controversy with a potential goaltender interference and uh, some really timely saves from Samuel Montembeau in Montreal's net, but ultimately, the Jets persevered. Got both points, and we'll talk a little bit about what went right and what could still use a little bit of improvement on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. For Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, and I'm a Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, just really love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. Now, like I said for tonight's episode, I wanted to spend some time um, breaking down how the Jets played against Montreal. I think this was a pretty good game. You know, Winnipeg uh, had a full 60 minutes of effort. You know, there were mistakes from the Jets here and there, but generally speaking, they controlled this game from start to finish, which is a really nice change of pace. You know, Winnipeg in the past, even in games that they've won this season, they haven't always controlled the flow. Um, There have been a few games where that's not really been the case. You know, uh, the game against St. Louis, uh, you know, the week ago or so, the Jets were fantastic. Uh, They completely dominated, dominated the Blues. And that was like a full 60 minute effort, you know. You you know things you really love to see. Jets got both points out of that, and the Blues never really looked that dangerous. Uh, this game against the Montreal Canadiens, I would say, was somewhat similar in, the, in a lot of respects. I think the the Habs played a little bit better than what the Blues were doing. Um, Montreal hit back on some dangerous counters, and you know here and there there were some silly turnovers from the Jets. But generally speaking, it wasn't like it was that frequent. I think for the most part, Winnipeg played well. Um, if anything, I would say the Jets were mostly unlucky not to really put this one away in regulation. I thought the Jets swarmed the slot pretty well. They had some great net front looks, and were it not for some very helpful deflections uh, on Montreal's side, you know, whether it was a defender in front of uh, in front of Montembeau or Montembeau himself making a fabulous save, maybe a missed shot a hit post or something, you know, the Jets could have easily walked away for one winners here. I think Montreal was probably lucky that, you know, they hadn't conceded more opportunities because like I said, you know, the Jets were generally in control of this game. I would say the opening 20 minutes were probably the most even uh, period of the game. But, you know, as time started to wear on, the Jets just controlled the game more and more. The third period ironically had the slowest start uh but you know the Jets ended up doing enough to see it through and ended up getting the victory. You know the one goal the Jets conceded was kind of like yeah, you know not ideal. Demello ended up getting walked by Nick Suzuki. I said on a previous episode that Suzuki was going to be one of the few players that the Jets really had to watch out for and he showed it in this one. I mean he got a nice outside step cut inside and went to like the backhand or something and just roofed it over Hellebuck. Not much, you know, anyone could do about that. Once the kind of didn't have the body turn and positioning, you know, it was kind of over. So other than that, you know, the jets, I think did pretty okay. Um, there were one or two scares here and there. Somebody mishandled the puck on net in front of Hellebuck and that almost, uh, went in for, for Montreal, which would have been a really frustrating goal. Um, but otherwise, you know, the Jets did all right. I think the only thing that I, I would say other than being unlucky was that you kind of could see the Jets lacking some finishing talent. I think that continues to be an issue uh, against goalies who are doing a decent job. You know, Winnipeg is just really struggling to find the back of the net. You know, if you're playing Jonathan Quick or something, it's not a big issue, but if you're playing goalies who are dialed in, who are having a really str- you know strong night, it can be difficult. I'm not so sure that this game would be the best example of that just because it felt more like, um, you know, Winnipeg was mostly unlucky. But, you know, uh, the further you go down the lineup, the less you're seeing a lot of really high-end scoring impact. So something for the Jets to consider to try and figure out how to squeeze out more goal scoring out of this team. They they have, you know, the opportunity and, and the chance here and there to really run the score up. But I think there are some critical things that still look ugly to me. Um, the power play is a continual problem for this team. I don't understand why it's so bad. I know that it did score on this one uh, with Dubois just really cleanly bleeding, uh, beating Montembeau on a great uh, far post shot. But I think the, the bigger issue with this is, you know, the power play is too predictable and the formulaic um, and Perfetti really should be put on that first unit. I think that would be a great change. I think we're seeing a lot from Perfetti at even strength and stuff. He had some really cool plays tonight. One of them was like this uh, pirouetting roulette turnover that was fantastic. He got the inside body positioning on a skater trying to make his own exit, stole the puck off of him and turned it into a counter chance immediately. So um, Cole, he's playing with all the confidence in the world. And you can see that his passing and vision are top notch. So, I'd love for him to get a chance on that first power play unit. I, I think his presence would really be something for the Jets to um, really feed off of and take advantage of. Uh, there are some other players who could potentially slide into that first unit. Uh, the second unit, they keep running with like a three forward 2D arrangement, and I don't know that that really does much for me. The second unit's just kind of like there. Uh, sometimes Lowry and, and you know, uh, sometimes Gagne is on this unit as well. Perfetti is out out there. You know, it's it's an OK unit at times, but it's not really helping out that first unit a ton. So some adjustments on special teams, but at least for the even strength play, I thought the Jets did well. Um, now, in a little bit, I kind of want to focus on a couple of players who I think really stood out for me and uh, which guys I, I could see maybe needing to up the games a little bit and uh, we'll we'll see who's really showing up for these games and who I've been most impressed with. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all of your football betting and basketball betting needs this season, whether it's college or professional. Obviously, basketball is just getting underway. Um, football's been going on for a few weeks, and if you're trying to keep track of all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis of every game, BetOnline has you covered. They've got all of this information out there, plus uh, live betting info, up-to-the-minute scores, and the latest updates, so you'll always make the most informed bets possible every single time. And if you're looking for more than just football and basketball, they've also got MMA, boxing, golf, triple crown horse racing, Obviously for us as a hockey podcast, they've got NHL, minor league hockey. They've also got, you know, European football if you're into that, especially as we're starting to roll towards, uh, you know, the biggest footballing event of the, you know, four-year period, the World Cup. So a lot of you are probably interested in casting a bet on that. It really couldn't be easier to get started. Just go to betonline.net on your laptop or mobile device to register for a free account right now because betonline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports Today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available in all of your favorite podcasts and platforms, same as we're available. It's free to subscribe, so do so right now. Circling back to the Jets against the Habs, like I said, there were some players who I thought really had strong games, a um, couple of guys who I thought I, I wasn't abundantly impressed with, uh, but we'll talk about the, the standout performances first. Uh, I thought Shifley looked really good for me. I, I think 55 has been pretty much doing you know what Mark Shifley does, which is being an elite creator, getting into some dangerous scoring opportunities. Um thought that he found some really soft areas. Uh, where the defensive coverages were weakest and were it not for some unlucky deflections or some fabulous saves from Montembeau. I definitely could have seen him recording points this evening. Uh, Got really close to scoring late in the game. It would have put it away, but you know, somehow, you know, Montembeau sprawled across and got a stick on it and kept the puck out. So uh, Shifley, otherwise really good playmaker. I've been very happy with the start to the season. He just looks more like what you would expect Mark Shifley to look look like. And I think um, that's kind of like the highest praise you can give him, you know, Uh, for him to kind of return back to his prime form and look more like the player that he was when he was driving play in his prime and cementing himself among the NHL's elite centers. I think it's a testament to how far he's come uh, between this year and last and really the past couple of seasons. So keep it up, Shifley. Uh, I know that he listens and reads to you know social media posts about him. So uh, it's just nice to have him back and have him playing at the level that we know he can. Obviously, we know that he's supremely skilled. I mean, there's no question about it. It's just, you know, was the effort there every shift? Was he committed? And the answer this year has been a resounding yes. I mean, he looks thrilled to be a Jet. So that's all you can really ask for. Uh, and it's great to see. Other things worth praising, I think, you know, we saw Gagne on the first line for a bit tonight and immediately Gagne just was more impactful than Appleton on that trio. I think Gagne fits uh, Shifley and Connor better. His uh, attention to detail is great. He knows where to be offensively around the slot area. He likes to hover around the faceoff circles. His passing is good. His vision and spatial awareness uh, are all pretty decent. And he just serves as a really nice offensive facilitating winger. I think that is uh, a much more optimal arrangement. And for some reason, the Jets kept breaking it up. Um, I I know that they want to cycle lines and and get guys going, but I think Appleton on that first line is just something we know hasn't really worked this year. Um, It did come close to scoring at one point, but I would say that was probably more just a singular sequence rather than a sustained thing. You know, when Gagne was on that first line, it was already just more effective and creating chances off the bat. And so um, I think at one point the line was rocking like a 56% 56 expected goals forward percentage, which uh, for the Jets is really good. Usually Winnipeg is like at or below break even in terms of expected goal share for each of their line combos. So for, uh, you know, Shifley, Gagne and Connor to be finding quick chemistry, you know, it matches what you saw on the ice in terms of your eye test. Uh, They were creating good chances, um, just really looking dangerous. And so I think the Jets really should stick with that combo because it sounds like Ehlers isn't going to be back for a while and you need to squeeze out as much offense as humanly possible since the depth lines haven't really contributed a ton of offense. Um, now, on, on the side of things that I also liked, uh, I thought Sandberg looked solid. I, I, I thought he had a couple of nice saves here and there. Um, there was one defensive play that he got called for a penalty for, even though he didn't really you know, take a penalty in my opinion. I think he got the puck first but because he stuck his arm into the skater, uh, the guy did trip, and so they ruled that one as a penalty, even though it was kind of like one of those um, soccer tackles almost where you, you go feet first, you take out the ball, and in the follow-through, you take the the runner two. Same kind of principle. Usually that's not really flagged, but I mean the Jets had already had like five power plays at this point, so uh, I guess it was like a slight even-up call, but... Um, Sandberg did his job perfectly there. So can't really complain. Uh, now for the players who I thought were, were maybe not doing so hot. Um, both of the Dillons, I thought tonight had some rough patches, you know, not really shocking. Uh, Brendan Dillon has looked slow to me recently. I thought, you know, the, the skating stride and stuff just looks a lot heavier. He's not turning as quickly when he has the puck and he is getting pressured under, uh, uh, whenever he's facing like, you know, like faster skaters, it's the kind of thing that Logan Stanley also struggles with. So if Dylan can work himself out of pressure a little bit faster, I think that would help the jets. Um, DeMello also kind of had some, some bad mistakes here and there. Not as many as like, you know, some other defenders, uh, Schmidt had a number of really bad turnovers and stuff, but DeMello was the one who got punished this evening on that one chance from Suzuki. So he's probably going to be the one that people really remember. And I thought even just for him, he was just uncharacteristically uh, sloppy here and there with some bad turnovers and stuff. But, you know, he's been good for the most, you know, uh, past few weeks, so I can't really get on him too much. But, you know, he's really important to this team. And so him having a strong night is is always kind of crucial because uh, the rest of the deep pairings definitely have had some issues. Um, and I think Pionk uh, on that first pairing again, you know, he had a really rough night again. Uh, he had one or two turnovers that almost got scored on, and you know it wasn't uh, wasn't the cleanest of evenings. And you could kind of tell that Pionk himself is just irritated. On one of those turnovers that had to be saved, he was visibly frustrated. And I feel like the coaching staff really does need to pull him off that first pairing. I think it'll help take some of the pressure off. Uh, it'll give Demello a chance to go back up to that first pairing and kind of do what he does best with Morrissey. And, you know, take some of the burden off of Pionk because Neil's trying his best, but he's just not really suited for that role. And so I think it would do with the Jets a lot of favors if they could maybe cycle that around and um, swap that out. But, you know, the Jets obviously have a number of major issues to fix on the back end. And speaking of issues on the back end, there does appear to be one issue brewing with the Manitoba Moose. Uh, Vili Heinela has apparently... Um, not been happy about the demotion recently and his agent said as much recently. And I think it's worth talking about because um, the issue with Heinola is not a particularly unique one with the jets, but I think with somebody like Villy, who has looked pro ready for a while, uh, looked like NHL ready for a while uh, for Winnipeg, I think it speaks to a bigger problem of how this team has put itself in a real roster bind with a log jam on the left side. We'll talk about what the Jets are doing wrong here and why, you know, Shovel Day Off really needs to be more aggressive in getting this roster some support and how the Jets might actually turn this frustration into a really effective way to help fix the team in just a little bit. Before we go any further though, I do want to shout out another friend and partner at Simply Safe. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally? And you know, not probably not surprising. I mean it's the holidays, everyone's looking for a um Free Christmas gift. But, you know, that's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. If you're wondering why I'm endorsing it, well, they've got a ton of fantastic features, including uh, HD streaming video cameras mounted outside your house and stuff so that you'll always have access and you can view those security cam footage with your app, which, I mean, could you imagine doing that back in the day? Um, very few systems offer this, and Simply Safe has a whole host of, of supporting high-tech sensors. They also have a great technology called FastProtect that is theirs exclusively. It is monitored by 24-7 uh, professional monitoring services, and uh, FastProtect helps identify whether a trip sensor is actually a legitimate threat. It'll collect critical evidence and help to uh, get priority police response in case something really is going wrong at your home. And whether you're at home or away, they will make sure that those first responders get there and uh you know really help solve some of the issues and protect your home. You know, their services also cost less than one dollar a day, which is less than half the price of ADT's traditional professionally installed system. You know, Simply Safe gives you all of these tool sets and features for a fraction of the cost. And I I just really can't recommend them enough. I think they do a fantastic job. They've got all sorts of hazard sensors for other issues like fires, floods, uh, break-ins, all of that fun stuff. Um, and, and now during the ho- holiday season, of course, when your home is more vulnerable than ever to some of this stuff, it's really important to make sure that you secure your home and make it your fortress. So don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend get 50% off any new simply safe system at simplysafecom slash locked on NHO. uh, right now that is their biggest discount of the year. So don't wait again. That's simplysafecom slash locked on NHO. There's no safe like simply safe. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Jets. We are closing out tonight with some quick thoughts on um, the news that Billy Heinola has apparently been frustrated playing with the Moose recently. Uh, I know a lot of people who have listened to this podcast or um, been on social media. You know, a lot of folks assume that because Heinola has been sent down a couple of times that he's not really NHL ready. And I think the thing with the Jets is we don't actually know that he's not. Um, He's not really had a chance to play many NHL games. And I think with the way that Heinle very quickly adapts to whatever league he's in, um, the Jets are really doing themselves a disservice not seeing what he can bring to this team. You know, Winnipeg's biggest issue on the back end is that it's not very mobile and it doesn't have good passing. So there's like three defenders on this team who can skate the puck up the ice, and that's it you know the rest are are more facilitators guys who are like defensive safety valves but in terms of puck carrying ability they just don't do that and on the power play you can tell that like Morrissey, Pionk, Schmidt these guys are not really the most effective power play quarterbacks Heinle is much better at all of this stuff and even though he's not like scoring tons of goals. The basic thing of what he does really well, which is really rapid puck movement and quick cycling, is something the Jets could really use. The puck passing, for my taste, is way too slow, um, and it gives goalies way too much time to read and react. It also gives those PK diamonds more time to uh, cut off those passing and shooting lanes. And when you have Heinle, who can do like one-touch passing really quickly and accurately, it gives you like more options to quickly ping the the puck back and forth, stretch that defense, pull it out of position and open up more scoring routes. I think the jets desperately need that. And I think it would help the power play a lot. Uh, Whether the jets would even use him on the power play. I don't know because Winnipeg doesn't always make the best choices with that stuff, but at least in theory and in principle, that is where he would bring a lot of value. And that's even if he's just playing on the power play and nothing else but I think he would automatically be a huge upgrade there, uh, even if he doesn't even play at even strength or anything else. But, you know, that puck-carrying ability of his is really great. Uh, Defensively, you know, you're not really expecting him to be a shutdown guy, but look at this Jets defense. Is there anyone out there on this team really doing a lot of shutdown stuff? The best you could say is maybe Dylan and DeMello, but, you know, both of those guys come with their own warts too. So it's not like anyone on this team is necessarily – uh, locking things up. Right. So it kind of circles back to this big issue with the jets, where there's a lot of defenders on the team, but most of them aren't actually that great at defending. And so it's kind of like, if you're going to block a spot, you you better make sure that the player ahead of your young prospects who need NHL time to really acclimate, it has some skill sets that you desperately need. You better make sure the guys occupying those spots already are really top of the line dudes. That's not the case for the jets. And I think that is, um, a continued source of frustration for Heinola who has done just about everything he can to prove that he deserves an NHL shot, but he just always finds that there's somebody else ahead of him, even if those players might not actually be uh, good enough to occupy those spots long-term. Um, and so I think for me, you know, Shovel Dayoff really needs to make a deal. I don't understand why he's so hesitant. The Jets need forward help. I think that's a really big clear sign. Uh, you know, the, the lack of scoring or offensive creation you know, the Jets need like a transition skater, a guy who can help create offense uh, out wide. Um, I mean, there's a couple of different forward needs, but those are like some of the biggest skill sets. And if you swap out like Dylan or one of these other defenders, I think you would actually be able to get, you know, the kind of forward that the Jets are looking for, Um, even if it's a more depth player, just somebody who can help out this team. Because right now, The Jets are carrying a lot of skaters in the wrong positions and they have reinforcements internally that they could call upon if they just got out um, some of the log jam cleared. But, you know, the Jets are are for some reason really committed to running it this way. I don't understand why, but uh, Winnipeg I think thinks it's saving money and being more efficient and having, you know, depth on defense they feel is more important. Well, yeah, to a point, but the Jets also need ways to score goals. And I think right now the Jets have struggled to find all of the best ways because, you know, past that top six, just not a lot going on. So we'll see if the Jets use this uh, this push from Heinella to maybe try and make a move. I doubt it, but, you know, maybe hope springs eternal and Winnipeg surprises us. I'd be curious to know your thoughts on how the Jets have handled their defensive situation. I know some of you have been annoyed by the, the roadblock, so... Let me know in the comments below what you would do, uh, or if you would even trade Heinelo, what do you think the Jets could get for him? Obviously, a lot of teams would love to have his skill set. The Jets should be one of those teams, but we know how they are sometimes. Uh, let me know in the comments below what you think he should be doing um, or how the front office should handle this uh, at, at uh, the YouTube comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen. For your second listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It features the biggest stories of the days, plus uh, instant reactions, big game recaps, and our famous take of the day. Available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, so like, follow, and subscribe right now. And as always, thank you for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.